And now, for your feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, but five, force five. Welcome to the Force 5 Podcast, a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie-themed five list, and then we reveal our picks on air. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and today my guest is rapper, producer, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, Seattle's own Sam LaChow. He's got a new album called Corduroy that's out now that deserves your attention. What's going on, Sam? What's going on, man? Thanks so much for having me here. I love uh, being able to use my appreciation for movies um, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured it'd be fun to talk movies with you. And I know you're trying to do a lot of a lot more uh, online content just because of everything that's going on. How's the pandemic been treating you? Like, how are you holding up? Well, yeah, it's not just because everything's going on. In general, I'm trying to be more... Um, interact with my fans more and be um more personable and show more of my personality than just my music you know sure um, it's something that i've never been comfortable with but i'm trying to get there but uh besides that the pandemic besides all the money i lost on all the tours that we had to cancel and shit yeah that, it's, it's kind of i feel guilty saying it but it's been a kind of nice getting time to write and work on new stuff and uh and uh you know playing shows is a lot of work so it's you know, now instead I'm just kind of chilling and making music. So it's been a life's been kind of easy. That's good. It's uh, it's it's refreshing to hear people say that. And you're not the first guest that said that it's it's hasn't been horrible just because of different yeah. things like connecting with family or fans or just hanging out. So good to hear that. Just so we kind of get a litmus test of your favorite movies. Like, what are those favorite movies that you have that would not make your list today? Just like your favorite all time, some of your favorite all time movies. Man's favorite all-time movie that I feel like when people ask me favorite all-time movie, they always end up saying the same things. So I don't even know if they're actually my favorites anymore. But, uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you the ones that I say, and it's always uh, Space Odyssey, um, Kubrick, obviously, fucking uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. For some reason, I can just watch that movie all the time. What's another one? Man, Step Brothers. <laughs> okay, so we got a stark difference between those old school uh, Oscar winners and then we've got Step Brothers. That's cool. Yeah, we've got Step Brothers, yeah. That's awesome. And why don't you tell people about the list you chose? This man had me choose. I got to choose any type of list that we'd be talking about. It, it, had, to do, it had to be a top five list about movies. And I chose top five movies that i think are fucking awesome but that got uh horrible reviews that got panned by the critics yeah and i want to just call it like five movies that the critics got wrong because i got some really good movies and i I don't know how you did it but i went off of rotten tomatoes scores yeah me too cool so we're on the same page there i'm wondering if any of ours will line up and uh, i'm excited to talk about that with you but before we get to that we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately yeah I got a couple things I want to talk about. The first one is a movie that's on Shudder right now, and it's called Horror Noir. We've always loved horror. It's just that horror hasn't always loved us. Black people play a particular role in horror films. First, we weren't in it. We were played by white people. Yeah. We went from maids to pimps and hoes. If there was somebody black, they would be the first to die. Black films 
hold a mirror up to society, but at the same time give an audience an escape. The name is Blackula. <laughs> One fellow said to me, you were directing before it was legal. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Yes, that's history. We've shifted from being the focal point of the fear to being the heroes. It's all about the African-American contributions to the horror genre, which run a lot deeper than I originally thought they did. It plays clips from the movies. It has interviews with tons of people who have been in the movies, who have made movies like Keith David, uh, Jordan Peele, Tony Todd. It's, it's a really great documentary. And it spans the, like, the whole history. So it goes from the very first African-American made horror films all the way up through, you know, when, uh, oh, it was the Night of the Living Dead, right? It had a black protagonist, which was huge at the time. Yeah. And then it rolls all the way through present day where Jordan Peele is being nominated for best screenplay for Get Out. So it's a really, really great documentary. And if you have any interest in horror movies or African-American contributions to horror movies, it's a really good watch. And it's short. It's like less than an hour and a half. It's like 83 minutes. So nice. yeah, I would definitely go check that out. Would you recommend Shudder in general? Because I'm a big horror movie fan, but I don't I don't know. They look like a bunch of B movies that I don't know if I wanted to pay for. Oh, Shudder's so good. Nice. I didn't know that. Now, here's the thing. Like, they have classics, and then they have originals, and then they have all kinds of other horror stuff, too. Eli Roth, you know, Eli Roth, he made like Hostel. Yeah, he, yeah, he has a series called History of Horror that's on Shudder that is really, really good. Oh, I love that. And you can find a 30-day free trial to like jump in, get your feet wet, watch some History yeah. of Horror, watch Horror Noir, and yeah, I'm you'll be happy. The person that will successfully cancel a free trial in time. So <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'll just start paying for it right away if I do that. <laughs> Oh, I'm the same way. But this one's worth it. I'm into horror movies, too. And it's there's, there's some stinkers on there. But overall, like I think it's a really good service. Nice. That's Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror, available on Shudder now. Great documentary. What's something that you've been watching? The thing I most recently watched was um, just, just so bad, I thought. But it's a movie. I feel like it would be on Shudder. But I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's called The Lie. Hey, bet they thought they were going to get away with this, huh? Excuse me? Brittany and Kayla didn't make it to the dance camp. Didn't the school call you? I, no, Kayla's sick. I kept her home this weekend. I was sure they were doing this together. You know, they're with their secret plan. No way. What? Dad, pull over. It's Brit. What are you doing here? I'm going to that stupid ballet thing. Duh. You think I could talk to Kayla? Her dad took her to the doctor. Can she call me when she's back? Of course. <laughs> You need to tell her dad that you don't know where she is. No. Hey, what happened to your face? Looks like you got hit. Is there a bathroom nearby? Can we pull over now? It has um, the woman from, what's the show in Seattle? The Killing. The woman from The Killing. And it was not good, but it's just the last thing I saw. And I, I like a good... Uh, a good whodunit murder kind of thing. But it just had one of those twists that came out of nowhere and made the whole thing feel like, why did I waste my time? Oh, one of those twists that just doesn't work? Yeah, and the movie wasn't good enough where a bad twist is okay, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. it, was like, it was like, well, at least at least let's hope the twist is good, and then it just was a letdown. 
the other thing that I've been watching that's a, sh- uh, I guess this is more about movies, but it's a, a show called I May Destroy You. And I thought it was kind of like one of the best shows I've seen in a long, long time. Again, all white walls. I see all white walls. I just lost your phone. I don't know. How did last night end? My friend is stressed. Listen to her talk. Make her feel good. Better talk when talk. Highly recommend it. First episode, you might not really kind of get the vibe and the tone of the show, but by the third, I think you'll be pretty into it for, for sure. And uh, it's really timely. It covers things other shows don't cover it in a really realistic way. I, yeah, I loved it. Where can people watch this? Because I've never heard of this before. Well, I May Destroy You, and it's on HBO. It's one of HBO's newer shows before uh, like Lovecraft Country came out. It's They're really short episodes, too. I think like 30-minute episodes, and there's only one season, maybe nine episodes. So it's a quick watch. Um, like If you liked Fleabag, it, you'll love this. Similar, but uh, black and British. <laughs> okay, okay. And what's it about? It's about rape essentially and uh what it means to to be a victim and to also be on the other end just when you think it's just about you know female empowerment it switches to there'll be an episode about you find out that her best friend lied about getting raped and it's it's about all the angles and what it does to people and um and it's about more than that it's about friendship and it's just a really smart show sounds really interesting it is all right so go check that out that's uh i may destroy you it's on hbo there's one other thing that I want to talk about that I've been watching, and it's not a TV show or a uh, a movie. It's a YouTube channel that I want to highlight. Nice. It's from a dude named Kit Boga, and I don't know if you've ever heard. Have you ever heard of this YouTuber, Kit Boga? I have not. So I just discovered him when I started working from home like six months ago. In 2017, his grandmother got hacked by those cyber criminals that call you and they say like, oh, I'm from Microsoft. I need to get into your computer. You know, those kind of scams. Yeah, yeah. So his grandma got taken in by one of those scams and lost some money and it really pissed this dude off. And now he made it his mission to fuck with those scam baiters all day long. That's perfect. And his goal is to keep them on the phone as long as possible to make them think they're going to get as much money as possible yeah. so that they can't scam other people. And then they feel like assholes when it's over. That's amazing. Not only does he have like voice changers to make his voice sound like an old lady, to make his voice sound like a woman, but he has some elaborate websites that he uses. Like he's made his own fake bank websites. (laughs) What's his name? His name's Kit Boga. It's K-I-T-B-O-G-A. Nice. I'm checking it out after this. He does Twitch streaming too. Like he's, he streams it live, but on YouTube you get the cut down versions because some of these calls last like four or five hours. Yeah, totally. So I just watch the YouTube versions where they're all cut down, but it's amazing. And he, you know, he teaches these guys a lesson. They obviously don't stop doing it, I'm sure, but at least they feel like idiots for a little while. Yeah, it probably saved a couple of grandmas. He educates you on exactly what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it from, you know, changing HTML on websites to making you go and buy gift cards and stuff. It's it's crazy what these people will try and do. And he just takes them to the cleaners. It's great. 
yeah. So that's Kit Bogut's on YouTube. Super worth a watch and really easy to put on the background when you're working or something and just like have some yeah, laugh yeah. with it. It's Love good it. stuff. Cool. Anything else you've been watching lately before we get to our list topic? Everyone's talking about this at this point, but uh, I just discovered Shit's Creek. Innovation. Revenue. There are people here from the government. Baby, it's crazy. People are just like taking our stuff. Leave your finances to me, said son of a bitch. There's a very small amount set aside for you, and one asset the government has allowed you to retain. The kids. The children are dependents, Moira. You bought a small town in 1991. I bought that as a joke for my son. You can live there for next to nothing until you get back on your feet. I couldn't believe how funny it was when I started it. And then I was like, wait, I have six seasons to watch? So I'm, I'm, I'm like in heaven right now because I have a whole bunch. I've only seen a couple episodes and I, and I thought it was really great. Did you start watching it because of the Emmy Awards that they won? No, I was um, at a girl's apartment and um, she just said that she watches it and just randomly put it on. And then she went to walk her dog and I was just sitting there and she comes back <laughs> dying laughing. I'm like, what is this? Because I know uh, Eugene Levy and um, and what's her name? Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. So I don't, but I don't know why I just didn't look like it was going to be something I'd like and fucking hilarious. That one I might have to give another chance to because I, I remember sitting down and watching an episode and thinking like, maybe this isn't for me, but it won all the, it like swept the Emmys for comedy and maybe I should give it another shot. Yeah, I think you got to like also like be in the right mood or, or with the right people because when she came back and she also loved it, I don't know, it's a weird show to watch alone, but uh, yeah, give it a shot. I will do that. That's Shit's Creek. You can find that on Netflix right now and just binge it all. Well, let's get into our list it's time to talk about five movies that got bad reviews for some reason. Did you like, did you go through your movie collection or was this all kind of like from memory? Like, oh, I wonder if this got a bad review. Well, it wasn't for me. So I did, I, that, there, I have a bunch of them. Um, it wasn't all movies that I necessarily think should have gotten good reviews. I just love them. Yeah. A lot of them I'm like, yeah, I get why no one liked this movie, but like, I, it's still either for nostalgia purposes or because I think it's just a hilarious movie. Like, I got a few of it. It's mostly, like, the comedies on my list are like, eh, I know why fucking no one liked this movie. But, okay. Uh, but I'll always love it. So, and then um, a few others I just, like, looked through on the internet for, uh, like, movies that got bad reviews and, and just tried. Uh, and I texted a bunch of my friends. We have a little thread. Nice. Uh, with my movie friends. And they, and they gave me a few that I wouldn't have thought of. So I used Rotten Tomatoes. I know you used, you used Rotten Tomatoes as well, kind of for your measurement. I would look up with the score. The only real kind of a rule that I kept myself to was that I didn't have, I didn't want any movies that were over 50% because like you have movies on Rotten Tomatoes that are like 60% or 59% and they'll be counted rotten. So just for my own personal rule, I was like yeah. under 50% has got to, got to be my list. Mine was more like if it's a really, if it's like a, if it's actually like a movie I think is really good, not just because I love it, and then I'd be okay with like a 53, 54. And I definitely got some uh, honorable mentions afterwards. I know you have a bunch too, so we're going to talk about those also. So people are going to have a bunch of movies to check out after this show. Hell yeah. All right, so um, is your list in any kind of order? Is it just like the one you love the most at number no, one? No, that's the problem. I'm trying to figure out where to start. I'm not gonna. They're not going to be in any order. But um, Okay, cool. I'll pick ones that uh, 
that I'm pretty confident about. I'll go uh, highest Rotten Tomatoes score to the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score. I'll end with my last one. I should have written down the scores, but we'll see. We'll figure it out. You can look them up if you want. <laughs> I'll look them up as you as you talk. So let's go with your number five. What's what's your number five, Sam LaChow, on movies that critics got wrong? All right, my number five on movies that critics got wrong that I love is I'm gonna go with Man on Fire, Denzel Washington. Have you protected a lot of children before, Mr. Creasy? Bodyguards gotta be close to people. You know, I'm no good at that. Be the silent type. People are gonna appreciate that. 16 years of military experience, extensive counterterrorism work. What happened to your hand? It's a birth defect. No, it's not. No more questions. That's it. Period. You hear me? Peter just wants to be friends. I regret that your profession needs to exist. So do I, Marjorie. He's like a bear. Yeah? Big, sad bear. Good things happen too, Gracie. Yeah? Like what? Like meeting me. <laughs> Gracie, you're smiling. Peter! Peter! I think that movie's gangster as shit, badass. Denzel's just amazing in it. He's he, to me, he's like the goat. Dakota Fanning's so good in it. I think that was one of those that kind of got decent review. Like it probably is upper fifties. I'm not exactly sure, but I got it up right now. It's thirty eight percent. Yeah. Okay, thirty eight percent. I mean, come on, Denzel's like chopping people's fingers off, and if unless they don't. You know, of course, the dude waits till like his third fingers off to be like, "Okay, I'll tell you where she is." <laughs> it's like really the like, bro, he's not gonna stop. Just like save your other fingers. He's gonna save two fingers, so easy. But um, it's great, and uh, I think it might kind of end sort of poorly. Maybe that's you know, a lot of those movies they end they they might not not have the best ending, so critics just decide they didn't like it, but. But it doesn't mean you. There was an hour and a half that wasn't fucking awesome, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. That is a great Denzel performance, and I don't know if you knew this. this it's actually a remake of an '80s movie. I've never seen the original one. I did. I did. I'm not. I'm not going to watch the original. I don't know why. I just I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I've actually noted noticed that a lot of Tony Scott movies have like bad reviews for some reason, and I'm not 100 percent why. Yeah, I wonder. So. What are some other movies? Because does does he always have that kind of um, stupid filter on everything and like the flashy cutting? No, and that might be the reason why this one got such bad reviews because the camera work is kind of just bonkers. It looks like Mike, like a bad, like a weird Michael Bay, like artsy Michael Bay kind. Of, it like it looks bad, kind of, but uh, it still works for me. Yeah, he he went even worse. I don't know if you've ever heard of the movie Domino that he did after this, but that was like 10 times worse than Man on Fire in terms of camera work to the point where it gave me a headache while I was watching it. Damn. That's uh, Man on Fire, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sam LeChow says check it out anyway because it's good. And I think it's a pretty good movie too. If we're going in order, my next one's a Tony Scott movie too. Wow. Yeah, Tony Scott. Getting some shout-outs here. Uh, 1991's The Last Boy Scout. Hup, hup, hup. 
This ain't no game, Flash. Joe Hellenbeck's a private detective who's run out of luck. If you touch me again, I'll kill you. <laughs> two for two. Told you. Jimmy Dix. I like bricks. Is an ex-quarterback who was thrown out of football. Another tragic tale of wasted youth. You're nobody. Shh. Don't tell anyone. They were trying to clean up their acts. You wreck him. I'll dust him. When they got dragged into the dirty world of sports corruption. So you're gonna bribe some senators to legalize again. Legalize. Sports gambling. Now. Son, we're going to a ball game. They've got one shot. What am I gonna do? Point at the bad guys and shoot! To get the goods. Ah! On the bad guys. This once, I would like to hear you scream. Play some rap music. <laughs> Not seeing it. Talk about oh, it. Oh, man. This is a great action movie. It's like, it's a great action comedy. It's about a private detective who's trying to protect a female witness and she's murdered prompting him and the victim's boyfriend, a football player played by Damon Wayans to investigate the crime. Oh shit. It's a part football movie, part buddy cop movie. Bruce Willis plays Joe Hallenbeck. He's great in this. And the script, the reason I love it so much is the script was, the script was written by Shane Black from uh, lethal weapon fame. The dude knows how to write. He's got a lot of, a lot of uh, jokes in here that work solid action. Tony Scott didn't get into his crazy camera work yet. It's just a really, really fun movie. I love it. You should watch it. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of uh, Bruce Willis here. Oh yeah. Um, we're going we're going with Die Hard with a Vengeance, baby. Who is this? Call me Simon. What do you want? I want to play a game with Lieutenant McLean. What kind of game? Simon says. What is all this about, huh? If we don't do what this guy says, he's gonna blow up another public place. Well, why me? What has it got to do with me? I have no idea. Just said it had to be you. Simon says, get to the payphone in Wall Street Station by 10.20 or the number three train and his passengers vaporize. One school will be dismissed at 3 p.m. permanently, unless John McLean and his new best friend complete the tasks I sent them. I'm not jumping through hoops for some psycho. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with it. This guy wants to pound on you till you crumble. He wants you to dance to his tune and then kill you. <laughs> I liked it more than the second one. I liked it more than the first one. Fuck it. I mean, that's, that's, that's controversial, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, just him and Samuel L. Jackson running through New York together, just like, that's, that's all I need already. We already got to yep. get there. You know, some, some evil German dudes with, with, with a vendetta against Bruce Willis. I'm already sold again. We got some great Samuel L. Jackson cussing. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis is sweaty the whole time, just looking so, somehow still running forever. It's just so entertaining. I love the whole sort of um, like treasure hunt aspect of it. Like uh, they got to get to one spot to get to the other. And it just keeps you watching the whole way. I'm sure it's super dated, 
but I actually saw it recently and was and loved it. So yeah, that's my number four. That's a great pick. I I love the third Die Hard. I wouldn't say I love it more than the number one, but it's definitely my second favorite Die Hard. It's nice. one of those movies, like you said, that treasure hunt aspect. It's almost like they're in a game show, like a really deadly game show. It's so good. The first scene in the in this movie, the very first scene, will make you like cringe. It will like scare the hell out of you. Yeah, it's, dude. If you don't like, if you are hesitant to watch it, watch just the first scene. You'll be like, "Oh, this shit is about to go hard." Because yeah. it, uh, yeah, they go right right away with some like some ballsy shit. Yeah, right to the jugular. And like you said, Samuel L. Jackson is great. Uh, Jeremy Irons, I think, plays a villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as Simon. Yep, Simon says, and it's so good. Fun fact: this this movie was originally a a, screen, a screenplay titled Simon Says. It wasn't even supposed to be a Die Hard movie, and they wanted a third Die Hard, and then they converted this script into a Die Hard movie. So, see, I love that fact so much. I didn't know that, but it makes I get it. I totally get it because it's a completely different movie. It is not like there's not like a building or a plane or, or something, you know, like a specific place he's in. It feels like a different movie and it's just an awesome movie. Yep. They probably not die hard on it to make money, but who cares? Yeah, it's, it, it is a really good movie and I don't think it's deserving. I think it's like 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is right below the line. But yeah, I mean, most critics didn't like this for some reason and I don't get it either. All right, let's see my number four here. We're going to go. To a Paul Walker movie, 2008's Running Scared. <laughs> Which is funny because that's on my list. Get down on the ground. Go, go, come on, come on, move, move, move. That guy was a cop. Joey, get rid of it. I try to live an ordinary life, but I run with a very dangerous crew. And it's my job to clean up the messes they make. No questions asked. It was all working out for me. Go wash up. Those hands are scary. The way I figured it, what my family doesn't know won't hurt them. Until that night. Get down! Are you okay? The night someone took that gun. You take the ride down. I'm gonna find that gun. Because I got the toughest mob in the world. I'm the law. It's not just any hot piece. Tommy used it to burn a dirty cop. If they find it, I'm dead. Calm down. You can get to it before the cops do. You got something that belongs to me. Snub nose 38. You just scored in a card game. Royal Flush put her in my pocket. 300 cold puts her in mine. The gun is on the street. The Russian mob is involved. This whole thing is about to blow up. Well, I guess we can talk about it together. So I'll, t- I'll kind of talk about what running scared is. It's about a low-ranking thug, and his crime boss gives him a gun to get rid of that killed corrupt cops, but the gun ends up missing, and so this low-level thug played by Paul Walker has to go and get this gun back. He has to find this gun, and he goes through this weird, like, twisted, fairy tale esque world, and it's so violent and so over-the-top, and it's so just fucking weird at every turn that I love it so much. Like, I couldn't, like, get it out of my brain for weeks after I saw it. Yeah, it feels kind of like a graphic novel. Like exactly. Every, every scene is, like, turn, it's like there's new characters and a new weird set design and location. And, it's, and uh, yeah, it's just, like, all these great moments that make you want to kind of learn more about each character. I love it so much. It's going to make you so uncomfortable. There's a particular scene in a house with kids 
that is insane. Uh, there's a scene at a hockey rink. Most people know what a hockey puck feels like. And if you think about one of those hockey pucks coming straight at your face, oh man, yeah, it's crazy. And I was very disappointed that critics didn't like this. They gave it uh, 41%. Yeah, man. I mean, I, yeah, I've seen that movie many times just because I like it a lot. I don't really know why, but, uh, yeah, there's one scene in particular that's worth watching the movie for where, uh, how do you say her name? Vera Farmiga? Vera Farmiga, yep. Vera Farmiga, she uh, is looking for um, her kid or her kid's friend and goes in a house that has all these uh, toys and, and little kid playmobiles and shit. And they say that they don't have her kid. And then she looks around and realizes that there's no photos of any kids on any of their walls. And then Vera Farmiga just goes fucking hard. And it's and that's all I'm going to say. But it's dope. Yeah, that scene is fucking terrifying. Terrifying. They're so scary. Oh, yeah. And that's where that fairy tale aspect comes in right there. Um, once you watch it, you'll you'll have an idea of what I'm talking about. So that was actually like one of my main ones. I don't know which one I was going to call it. But it was okay. like a movie I thought of when we decided this list, which was funny. I love that it's on your list. I just feel like now I get to pretend that wasn't on my list and have a, a number three. Yeah, let's go for it. What's your number three? Your new number three. Then I'll do a quick one for my number three. It's going to be an obvious one. The Sandlot. I know you're smart and I'm proud of you. I want you to make some friends this summer. Meet Scotty Smalls. Kale, get it! <laughs> the kid is a L7 weenie. My life is over. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. Now he's in. Yeah! All right! With the coolest guys in the neighborhood. They've got the look. Wendy Peppercorns. Wow. They've got the moves. They've got the rap. Blockhead! Geek! Jerk! Idiot! Moron! You bump rapples in the toilet! And you like it! You play ball like a girl! Holy shit, I did not realize this was not fresh. Yeah, I mean, it might be in the 60s, but still, what the hell? Like, it's, uh, to me, it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Obviously for nostalgia, but also the kid actors are just so good, and, and their characters are so likable. It's so real, it's like, it just, it's, it is my childhood. Like, that and Stand By Me are, like, two of the best coming-of-age movies for me, so... I think I talked about Sandlot in the sports episode because it's my favorite baseball movie of all time. Nice. I'm very surprised that critics didn't like it. Uh, it seems like one that, you know, everybody should like. Even if you don't like baseball, it's just a fucking great movie about these kids and their friendship. Exactly. Do what, uh, what number is it at? Like anything below 80 is already a crime. But I'm looking at it right now. It looks like it hovers between like 60 and 59%. Yeah, so. what the hell? Yeah, that's, uh, that's not cool. Yeah, okay. I'm glad it's that low then. It makes it a good pick. All right, let's see. We'll go to my number three. 39% from 2007. Andy Samberg's movie Hot Rod. That's on my list too. What's up, little riders? Jump in the public pool tomorrow. Tell your friends. Woo! 
That's just a sample. Good luck. Don't worry, Denise. I've done this before. So what are you supposed to be? A stuntman. Wow. My safe word will be whiskey. Do you mean whiskey? What? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. Whoa, whiskey! Whiskey! Oh! Hey, everybody. We have a new crew member today, Denise. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said a little something about ourselves. I like to party. I like to party. No, David, I just said that I party. I like to party. No. I like to party. OK, nobody parties but me. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, my god. Shut up. Hey, Rod, maybe you shouldn't fight Dad this week. Relax, Kev. I'm going to win this time. I did like 40 crunches yesterday. Get ready to meet your maker. Oh, god! Hot Rod is one of these movies that I think critics didn't like it because it's so bonkers. It's so uneven. Like, it will go straight up slapstick comedy to like just really dialogue driven comedy. And I think it's got these tonal shifts that critics don't get sometimes. That was definitely one of those movies where I kind of, I kind of get why they don't like it. Like I, 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 I don't know if I could tell you exactly how Hot Rod ends, <laughs> but, I, but I know it has some of the best jokes of like any movie and it, and it, you know, but like as a movie as a whole, like from a narrative perspective, you know, I'm not going to say it's a brilliant movie, but uh, oh, not but at I, all. But it's got scenes in there that you'll never stop thinking about. The riot scene in particular is one of the funniest yeah. moments in any movie ever. <laughs> like these guys are just walking through and they're, you know, there's music playing behind them and they're walking in slow motion. And then other people start joining them like in other movies. But then everybody starts just rioting and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Is it Danny McBride in that too? He is. You got Danny McBride. You got Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. Their squad is like the best cast ever. It is. Yeah. And they got uh, Jorma Tacones in there as Kevin, who's just so funny in there. Sissy Spacex in there. Will Arnett. Like, it's a great cast. Yeah, yeah. And if you like any of Andy Samberg's stuff, like any of his Lonely Island stuff, which I also think is all, I think pop star is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll love High Rod. So I wrote a screenplay that's in the same... It's like the same tone as Hot Rod. And when I started submitting it to people, they were like, oh, there's weird tonal shifts. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, just go watch Hot Rod. It'll work. So it's Hot Rod, 39%. Um, that's my number three. So I know that was on your list. I guess you could throw another bonus one on, on your well, list. Well, one on my list. I don't know if it was going to make the, the first five, um, but it's sitting right here. I'm looking at it. Hot Rod. Oh, this isn't going in any order. So I got one that's on my mind that has a very low score, but I feel like I might only like... I'll just go with it. It's Hook. 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 Oh my God. The children. Maggie! Maggie! The stories are true. He's come back to seek his revenge. Only you can save your children. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. 
There's a slight. I've definitely seen it recently and it's, and still fucking love it, but it might be one of those nostalgia movies that like I, I don't know if I should, could recommend it to someone who's never seen it. That's like an adult, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that movie, I swear, if you look it up, I swear it got bad reviews. And that movie, like, it did. I'm looking it up right now. It's twenty nine percent. And it was like the first kind of like, you know, now they make gritty. Gr- the the gritty approach to the Joker or to like what or anything. This was like the first kind of like grittyish Peter Pan type of movie. And as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. And then as I got older, I find myself just still kind of liking it a lot. And like, and it had a lot of heart too. Like you, the dad doesn't show up for the games, and then he does. And it's about I'm a sucker for coming of age movies and like you know remembering your youth and and him throwing his cell phone away and and. And it's just a kind of a deep movie, and uh, Dustin Hoffman's incredible as Hook. And it's got Robin Williams, Steven Spielberg directed it, I think, right? He did, yeah. It like just yeah, the I can, can't believe a twenty nine. That just makes no sense. It's also got uh, Julia Roberts in there and Bob Hoskins, and you got music yeah. from Phil Collins in there. I think Phil Collins also in the movie. Like just crazy cast. And it's a classic now. So the you know just like the fact that it got that bad reviews is just uh i just think they were wrong that's hook from 1991 my number two let's see we'll roll into another comedy which i don't understand the hate for 38 percent 2001's wet hot american summer this summer take a trip back to 1981 with the special people who made summer camp unforgettable you guys aren't supposed to be out of your bunks you're in trouble the camp director four campers are stuck in the ropes course i meant to tell you about that yesterday could you get to it now the counselors wait for me abby bernstein wait for me my darling wait 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 last one's i got my shirt the kitchen staff. Finish up the taters. I'm gonna go fondle my sweaters. <laughs> Come on, what? You said you were gonna go fondle your sweaters. No, I didn't. The water sports. Hey, Andy, can I take out the Barbie bus? Sure. The nature hikes. Out! Out! And of course, who can forget the sex, the muggings, the cover-ups, the malaria, the psychotherapy. Hello. And the friendships that last a lifetime. We want you to be the guest of honor at our wedding next week. From USA Films and creators of TV's The State. A renegade piece of Skylab heading right for the camp. Oh my God. It could kill us all. Wet Hot in American Summer has gained like a cult following since 2001. It's got a couple of different Netflix shows. It's so funny. It's the last day of summer camp, 1981. And you got this group of camp counselors who are trying to basically just get their business done before the day ends. The cast of characters just make this one. You've got so many hilarious actors from Paul Rudd, Michael Ian Black, Amy Poehler's in there, David Hyde Pierce, Michael Showalter, like just a great cast. It's one of those movies that kind of doesn't take place in normal reality. And if you go in thinking it's just like a straight up comedy, you're going to be disappointed, but Like, just to get the tone of the movie, they're all excited because one of the counselors is going into town. So it's like, all right, everybody get in the truck. We're going into town. Yeah, we're going to go get some groceries. And then by the time they leave the town, like, they're all doing heroin. (laughs) And then when they get back to camp, it's just like normal, like nothing ever happened. It's just that weird tone that I think people didn't understand. 
It's yeah. so good. It's so funny. Elizabeth Banks is in there. Like just a great cast. That's a good pick because uh, I actually didn't ever, I never saw that movie. I have since, but I never saw it. Be, I think because of the bad reviews, I just kind of, I skipped it or something. And then I saw some of the Netflix like remake or whatever it was of it. And uh, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. So then I went back and watched the, the original and yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's a very specific type of comedy, but I love it. I dig it. And I've been trying to show this movie to everybody that I can since 2001. And uh, like 50% of people are like, why did you make me watch that? And the other 50 just thank me. So good. So that's uh that's Wet Hot American Summer from 2001. Watch it and then watch all the remakes and stuff on Netflix because they're all really funny. We're to your number one, Sam LaChow. What's your number one? Okay, so my number one, I think I'm going to go with the one that's probably my favorite movie on this whole list, but also probably doesn't have that. I, I don't I don't know. It might it might be in the 60s on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not sure. But still, that's a crime, so it counts. And um, that is a movie called Keeping the Faith. Who is the coolest woman you and I have ever known? That's easy. Anne O'Reilly, eighth grade, no question. You got it. As kids, they were inseparable. Anne O'Reilly called you? Yeah, she's coming to New York, and she wanted to get together with us. I wonder why she called you. But after 20 years... Oh, no, man, check this out. God squad in the house. Things have changed. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Mom. Jake is a rabbi. <laughs> Brian is a priest. I love the smell of a bake sale in the morning. You think she's changed? No, I bet she still weighs 88 pounds and listens to Leaf Garrett. Uh-huh. And Anna is all grown up. You start. Catch us up. I work like 100 hours a week. I have a relationship with my phone. It's set to vibrate. Wow. With Ben Stiller and uh, what's the dude's name from Fight Club that isn't Brad Pitt? Edward Norton. Edward Norton. And Ben Stiller plays a um, rabbi. Edward Norton plays a priest. They're both in love with the same girl who is the girl from that classic 90s TV show. And I'm not going to remember her name. but she's Jenna really- Elfman. Jenna Elfman, there it is. Some 90s TV show called like Stuck on You or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, and uh, it's it's a classic for me. Like, it, it's so funny, so well made. I think Edward Norton directed it, actually. Man, it, it's just, it's like a great romantic comedy. I watch it. I find my, me and my whole family watch it, like, once every couple years we'll just be like let's put on keeping the faith yeah i think that it wasn't in the 60s or something did you look it up yeah 69 69 yeah it's like one of my favorite movies so that's got to be my number one just because i love it so much that is really interesting i have never seen that movie but now i feel like i have to watch it just to uh honor your number one if you watch it because you have to now i will watch a movie of your choice after this If, if it's whether it's boy scout or something else okay okay well let's see if you've uh seen my number one all right we're digging into the 20s on rotten tomatoes for this one nice we're going to 20 percent. it's 2007's death sentence okay guys brandon hume you've just won mvp number one number one number one nick hey honey 
I just wanted to let you know that our son is going to Canada to play hockey. I love you, and we'll be home soon. Hey, where do you think you're going? I need something to drink, Dad. Okay, well, quick in and out, because we got to get home. All right. Get down! You can do this. Number five. Put that animal in jail. I want this guy to go away for the rest of his life. I've got one eyewitness, you. We've just got your word. I'm dismissing this case. Mr. Darley, you are released from custody. You kidding me? Brother, dude, he's dead. I say who lives, I say who dies. I'm coming for the rest of your family. You just bought them a death sentence. I really don't care what happens to me. I just need them to be safe. How do I make it stop? You started a war. Oh, I thought about putting that on my list. Nice. Yes. Death Sentence goes hard. It's yeah. a uh, James Wan movie, and it stars Kevin really? Bacon. Yeah, James Wan directed it. James Wan movie? Um, it's the first thing that like put him on the map for me. What? I thought it was just a random Kevin Bacon B movie that I, for some reason, loved, and no one else did. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. Kevin Bacon, he plays this, he's just like this uh, insurance executive or something, and he's got this idyllic life, you know, great kid in doing well in school great wife and then one night something really bad happens to his family and he just goes into revenge mode like you would not believe it is insane uh it's super violent it's got one of the best one take action sequences that i can remember in a in a parking garage yeah yeah oh it's it's brutal. It's a really, really fun movie to watch. It's really, well, I wouldn't say fun. It's really gory, but like if you're with the right people, it's fun. And it really impressed me and it, it got James Wan on my radar because of it, specifically because of that parking garage scene, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. But the ending's great. I think this is the the thing that the Fast and Furious folks saw and they were like, okay, this guy can do action. Let's, let's, let's let him go. Yeah, baby, damn. I didn't know that that was like the movie that put yeah that's wild because that makes me feel better about liking that movie so much <laughs> because i felt like it was slight torture porn or, or whatever you'd want to call it like i get why critics didn't like it, it it's kind of it's violent for no reason like oh yeah like hey happy you don't kill the kid just kill something like why we get it he needs to get revenge we don't you know it's kind of <laughs> fucked up for no reason but it's a great revenge movie. There's nothing. I love revenge. A good revenge flick. So yeah, good choice. Yeah, it's a good. Every man goes and and gets revenge movie. John Goodman's in there. Very short role for him. Garrett Hedlund plays the main antagonist, Billy Darley, and he's really great as the villain. It's worth a watch. I think if you are into movies like Death Wish or other revenge thrillers, Kill Bill style movies. Obviously, this one's not as good as Kill Bill, but same vein. I would put it in a similar vein as like if you haven't seen Death Wish, um, uh, like 
uh, Green Room or Blue Ruin are both like just great kind of revenge, bloody, fucked up, but also smart and well done movies. Like if yep. you like, if you liked either of those, but those are kind of obscure too. But you know, it actually has a really really close theme to Blue Ruin for yeah. sure. That's a great five list, I think, from both of us. What other movies did you have that you couldn't put on the list but wanted to talk about? Because I got a couple on mine. You ready? I'm just going to go go through them and give a quick, like, two-sentence explanation. Cool. Let's go. Good. You good? You ready? Okay, here we go. We're going to start with Source Code. It got slightly too good of reviews to put on the list, but, but like, I think it was, I think it's in the 60s, and it's a really dope movie that no one ever talks about with, or, or with Jake Gyllenhaal who uh forget the exact plot but it's one of those fun you kind of have to keep reliving one of those fun Groundhog Day plots where you keep having yep. to relive the same shit and discover new things and um you know if you liked if you liked The Edge of Tomorrow by the way Edge of Tomorrow worst name ever for a movie true <laughs> with uh with Tom Cruise um it's it's a dope it's a fun ass movie. I don't know why people didn't like it. I enjoyed every second of it, but I'm a I'm a sci fi guy too. All right, and next, did you have you seen that by the way? Yeah, I loved it. Own it. Awesome. Yep. Um, next, we got. Um, this is a movie where I know I understand why no one liked it, but it's nostalgic for me, and I just love it. And it's called The New Guy, and Eddie Griffin is so funny in it. And <laughs> nerd that. <laughs> he puts on like different clothing and learns how to dance. And then I guess that makes him cool. And he goes back to high school and he's clearly like 26 and he goes back to high school and uh, gets all the girls. And I forget what happens after that, but me and my friends watched that movie so many times after that one in the same vein of dumb, bad movies that I fucking love is grandma's boy. Oh yeah. I still quote, Things from the uh, uh, lines from that movie, especially from um, the nerd guy with uh, I have a robot vagina. That guy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's it's. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if I'd ever watch it now, but um, I think it got like literally like a fourteen percent. And any movie that me and my friends love that much and have seen like fifty times. It deserves a little better than that. <laughs> it's sixteen percent. It's definitely the 16. lowest one we've talked about yet. It's a lot, probably yeah. It's and I've seen the whole thing multiple times. Like it's, I just love it. <laughs> all right, all right. Actually, new guys seven percent. So that's even lower. Yeah, no, so these, yeah, these are the ones that it's hard to put on the list because I know how bad they are, but I still love them. So it's it's almost a different list. Like movies I know that are bad that that I fucking love. Yeah. Um, Another one on that that's probably in like the fifteen percent is Kung Pao. <laughs> oh, that movie's hilarious, dude! Look at the look up the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm afraid, but I'm looking it up right now. We've got thirteen uh, percent. Yeah, dude, Kung Pao is so funny. It's so over the top and like uh, just so yeah. batshit insane. That's a good idea to just like use actual footage and just kind of make them all sound ridiculous. Movie's hilarious to me. I don't know. It should at least be at a, a fifty. I mean, goddamn. Um, another one we got is okay. The Family Man with Nicolas Cage, super schmaltzy. I could see it being on um, what's that channel that plays all like the holiday movies? Oh, like Lifetime. Yeah, I could see it being like a Lifetime movie, but 
I love it. I think it's a good movie. I think Nick Cage is really good in it. I think Tay Leone's really good in it. Um, Don Cheadle's awesome as like the classic like uh, god character, and, and of course he has to like first look like he's robbing the place, but then it turns out he's God. And but yeah, it's uh, I love it, and uh, it 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 chokes me up. All right, next we got Idle Hands. Oh, um, great pick. Dude, this movie, um, it's just a good idea for a movie. And I thought everyone did killed it, especially Seth Green, probably. And the main guy, who I don't really know what happened to him. He used to be in so many movies, the guy from Idle Hands. Yeah, he was in Final Destination. His name's uh, Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. He was in all. He was in the Final Destination. He, he He was in a ton of stuff. He was actually recently in a movie called The Fanatic. That is one, definitely one of those oh, yeah. so bad it's almost good movies. Um, it was directed by uh, Limp Biscuit's own Fred Durst, <laughs> starring John Travolta with like the most ridiculous haircut. Dude, if you haven't seen it, like don't watch the whole thing, but like watch the first twenty minutes of it. It's you, your jaw will be on the floor at at the commitment by John Travolta, oh, no. the, or the just the worst lines, and it's uh. It's definitely like like very close to a uh, so bad it's good. I could see it becoming like a cult hit movie. Okay, okay. Definitely at least watch the first twenty minutes. Um, and then I think I have just two more, and they are going to be High Tension. Um, oh has, yeah, good horror movie. Yeah, it has it has a twist that didn't work, and I think that's why critics hated it. But it's a it, it goes fucking hard. If you like horror movies, it's definitely watch High Tension. And the last one I have is The Village because I think people hate on it, not just critics, everyone, because of the twist and because they expected this M. Night Shyamalan twist to be all perfect. And it entertained me throughout the entire movie. I actually thought the twist was kind of cool. I thought all the acting was great. I don't understand the hate. I feel like if it was made by anyone else people just would have been cool with it you know it's not an amazing movie but uh it's a movie i like and i'm also kind of a m night Shyamalan fan i mean unbreakable and uh signs and sixth sense are some of my my favorite thrillers so yeah solid picks yeah i'm a big Shyamalan fan too i i always root for that guy and i was happy when split came out because that one blew my mind too yeah i liked glass i almost put glass on this Let's see. I got some also rants here. Uh, American Pie just scraped by at sixty one percent, but wow. I love American Pie so much. So good. I didn't know that was a sixty one. Damn. Yeah, it seems like it should be better than that. Another one that seems like it should be better than the fifty six percent that it's at is Nicolas Cage's Con Air. Whoa, classic. Fifty six percent classic. Good choice. Yeah, that just pisses me off that it's so low. I mean, this thing came out in the same summer that Face Off came out. So you have two Nicolas Cage action movies that just like blew the roof off of every theater. Another movie that I was very surprised had a rotten score was Liam Neeson's 2008 Taken. Taken, yeah. Um, I thought about that one because I, but I, uh, I don't know. I guess I wasn't surprised. I think it was the kind of movie where critics just like, just decided it was bad because it feels like it should be bad but it's yeah. not <laughs> yeah it definitely feels like it should be a, one of those straight to video movies but liam neeson is so damn good as uh what was his character's name uh uh brian 
<laughs> no one knows what his character's name. They just know him as a, a <laughs> set of skills. The man with the particular set of skills. That's right. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about? I had Die Hard 3 on there, which you already mentioned. Home Alone. How the hell is Home Alone not higher rated than 60% on Rotten Tomatoes? This is bullshit. It's like 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, I guess that is one of those ones where it's like I kind of get why they just didn't love it, but they were just like, were they wrong or were they just, why do we have adults reviewing Home Alone? You know, that's, that's also a good point. Like Home Alone is not made for Roger Ebert. Home Alone was made for me Yeah, when I was in 1990. Old guys getting kicked in the balls. Like, you know, I, I don't expect uh, Siskel and Ebert to love it, but yeah, all those traps that would definitely murder an actual human being. Oh yeah. They had like bricks to the face. And then finally, my last one on here that I was actually, I, I guess I'm not surprised that this one is rotten, but I love it all the same. And that's Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Me too. Kindergarten Cop is so fun to seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger, who up to that point had always just kind of been this badass. And then he is now trying to take on kindergartners. And it's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a classic. So that one sits at 51%. Those are our lists. So now you have a bunch of movies that you have to go seek out because they are better than what critics say they are. Thanks for being on. And I'm going to give you some time. What do you want to talk about? Like, what should people listen to? What should people see? Tell people where to find more Sam LaChow. Dude, thank you so much for having me on. I, I This was a blast. I love uh, thinking about, talking about, discussing movies. And I love that I get to kind of use my platform and music to get to talk about movies with someone i've never met so it's nice to meet you and uh thanks for having me on man not much to plug except i got my new album corduroy that uh is out and it's usually when i put something out um i'm a little you know because i'm independent so i'm not always confident how it was mixed how it was mastered you know, you know every like if it if everything really worked, but this one I love the I love this album so much. Even if you don't like rap music, it's it's still for you. I promise. Um, front to back, it's short and entertaining as shit. Every song is unique. You don't know what to what to expect next. Um, there's a lot of videos on YouTube for it, but uh, yeah, I mean you're missing out if you don't check out my album Corduroy. That's all I gotta say. I agree. And I would say go back and check out Sam's back catalog too. go back to, I mean, Huckleberry, one of my favorites of yours, nice. uh, friends, funk and liquor, super good corduroy. It feels like, it feels like to me, it was a more personal album for you. Yeah. I think it was just a more, um, I got to focus on making the art that I exactly that I wanted to make. And whether that's personal or whether the production's a little funky or, or different, um, it's just, I feel like if you listen to that front to back, you'll know what I'm trying to do, which is basically just kind of make a song that I would want to hear and, and set a vibe that um, is something timeless. If you want my, my personal picks from it, uh, there's a track with Dave B that I'm just, I'm forgetting the name of. Lady Sunday. Yeah, that, I love that. Uh, Broken Bat goes insane if you're in a in a car with a great sound system. Yep. And then uh, there's a track with Watsky. I think it's called Ugly Rainbow. Yep. Yeah, that, one, that one's really good too. So there's three tracks for you to kind of uh, get your feet wet if you've never heard his music. And uh, yeah, it's just really good stuff. 
Yeah, those are three that uh, I would recommend too. I'd also throw in 15 pennies. And a great video on YouTube for that one. Yeah, definitely. I love that video. Before we break it off, I got to ask you about one other thing. And it's kind of obscure, so I hope you're game for this. Okay. It's a rap that you did for Safeway. (laughs) (laughs) And I can cut this shit out if you want me to. (laughs) You don't have to at all. I want to know how... Okay. So I was on YouTube a long time ago. I don't know what the hell I was searching for. And I go to, through one of those YouTube rabbit holes and I find a Safeway rap video starring you. Was it before you knew who I was? No, I knew who you were because I had heard a uh, brand new bike. Yeah, yeah. It makes it way better that you knew who I was. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> is that Sam LaChow? Yeah. Um, okay. First of all, is it still on YouTube? I'm very curious. I think it's it's still on YouTube. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. If you're positive, then this will make this way more fun because then people can actually go check it out as yeah. much as I don't want them to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up right now just to make sure, but you could you can talk about it. That's so funny. Um, it used to so there's a point there where I was actually embarrassed to talk about this because I was like, fuck, if motherfuckers find out that that I did this, like they're like this is the softest shit ever. And then, and then as I got older and it became more of a thing of the past, I, like, I just, I totally know why I did it, which is fucking financial purposes. Of course. And, yeah, yeah. And I just, it's more, now it's just a hilarious thing to me. Um, basically, what happened was I did a video for um, the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. Which, and, you know, and I felt really good about doing that. They paid me well, too. And it was like, trying to kind of hip hopify, make it hip and cool about the Fred Hutchinson, Seattle cancer care lines, whatever. Um, and that was dope. And then because of that, I got hit up by like the CEO of Safeway to do a similar thing, but for Safeway. And, um, at the, I think they offered me $5,000 and it, I mean, I mean still, but at that time that was like, holy shit yeah you can't pass that up yeah i mean i probably could have even asked for more but um you know to because they wanted me to shoot edit um and make the song so it wasn't like a a decent amount of work but um yeah to to make a, a rap song for safeway they gave me all the bullet points and i didn't even think twice there was no part of me that was like well this might be embarrassing later on <laughs> because they told me it wouldn't be on youtube and then i think the only video that's on youtube is someone like filming it it is yeah that's still the same one yeah someone saw and they're like lol i think the video is like lol they're making the employees watch this rap video about safeway and the worst part by far about it is that they made me talk about the diversity (laughs) that's what i was gonna say man you're talking about diversity and it's like 50 white and dudes just jumping around in the background it's the most cringe shit ever like it should be a, a famous tiktok cringe video or something <laughs> but um yeah I'm, I'm very glad that i'm to the point where that's something i can just laugh about and fucking i wouldn't do it anything different like shit that money was amazing i remember i remember it being in the car with my homie skylar who's in the video and uh, we found out what we were getting paid and we turned up the music. We we're like celebrating. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad that you were game to talk about that. Cause when I told my wife that I was going to have you on, I'm like, I got to bring up the Safeway rap. Like I got to ask him about it. Oh no, this is my favorite part 
part of the whole interview. No one's ever asked me about that. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Again, thanks for coming on. Uh, if you're listening and you want to be a guest on this podcast, the only requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them. So if you have a top five list that you want to tackle with me, email me at force5podcast at gmail.com or head to my website, force5podcast.com. It has a show request form and all kinds of other stuff. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and go watch some movies that the critics got wrong. Go to your door and play ding dong dish right now. Huckleberry, Huckle how the hell did you end up at the muckle shoe? Probably the jungle juice, the fuck was he thinking? I woke up naked and shaking with bloody knuckles and hickeys. A couple black eyes scrolling my story to find out what had transpired.